Hi gorgeous, welcome to episode 85 and today we are back on the show with the amazing Marianne Thompson-Frank. Hi, this is Marianne Thompson-Frank and you are listening to Heart Cells, podcast by Christine Slotsky. Enjoy. I'm so excited to have another conversation with the wonderful Mary Ann Thompson-Frank. And today we are talking about the most important element to understand when you are making your offers. If you have not yet subscribed to Heart Sales Podcast, please do. Also hop on over to iTunes, leave a rating and a review if you like what you hear and tell all your friends about it. At christineschlansky.com slash podcast, you find all the show notes, the transcripts, the resources, and the links to these amazing guests. So you can learn more, you can connect and engage. And um, yeah, just be connected with these wonderful speakers. So Marianne Thompson-Frank has a bio where you might ask yourself, well, is this really just one person? And I can assure you, yes, it is. I had the honor of meeting her in person when I was in London at a conference where she spoke and I had to really ask her to share her knowledge here at Heart Sales Podcast and she's doing such a wonderful job. So I'm really looking forward to tuning into this second episode. So let me give you a brief review of her bio in a nutshell. So Mary Ann Thompson-Frag is the president and co-founder of the Limousine Institute. She is a humanitarian, a conscious capitalist, a published writer, an internationally awarded winning sculptor, a human rights and environmental activist, a social responsible investor and a frequently requested international speaker. In 2018, she was presented the Inspiric Award at Harvard University and the Civic Pioneer Award at the UN, which is actually being one of the highest award a female citizen in the US can receive, also entered into the congressional records. So I'm so happy to have Mary Ann Thompson-Frank back on the show and I can't wait for all the amazing wisdom she's going to share today. Well, I am so, so excited to have you back on the show, Mary Ann. Welcome to Heart Sets Podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be back. Yeah. And I loved our first interview and you talked a lot about being like on that global scale. And I, I, I feel it could be kind of intimidating for one or the other listener, like thinking, well, wow, that sounds like complicated or difficult <laughs> to mm -hmm. go global, to put myself out there. Um, well, I personally think it's exciting and it can be pretty easy. So do you have some advice around that? Yes, absolutely. Number one thing is have confidence. It's a big, big world out there. So know that you, what you have to offer somewhat in that huge world needs it. Okay. So first of all, you know, take that in. Second of all, you know, really understand where other people are coming from. Empathy is always a tool. It's a practical tool. So what I tell people is, you know, you really need to take a time to analyze and go, where is my community um, where I met and 
you know, what is it providing for people and what are other places not providing for people and how can I have what I need um, serve the purpose of someone over there, wherever over there is. And, you know, in order to do that, for me, one of the tools has been Spiral Dynamics. And to give people a little background on what that is, uh, many people have seen the movie Invictus. They know, you know, a little bit about Nelson Mandela's life, but we see the results of history. We don't necessarily see what happened behind the curtain. And when de Klerk knew he wanted to end apartheid, he hired a man by name of Dr. Don Edward Beck. And he brought him in to interview six different prisoners and to decide who among these prisoners would be the right people to help lead the throw of apartheid, the overthrow of apartheid. And so, you know, Don Beck was hired to go in and among the six he interviewed was Nelson Mandela. He handpicked Nelson Mandela. Then he became Nelson Mandela's main advisor over the years of how do you take care of this group of people, that group of people, the fears that different groups would be having. And it was so complicated. You have businesses that were invested in maintaining the status quo. You had families that were struggling of different races that were both terrified of what could happen when if this thing happened or that thing happened. And in order to communicate without uh, being accused of racism, he couldn't say, well, it's a black and white issue. He had to break it down into different colors. So if you think of what I tell people, think of like a funnel, and you'd subdivided that funnel into different layers, you would have a color scheme on each. And what he talked about was that each layer represented the motivations and the needs for people. So at the bottom you had beige, which is just like, I need clean water, I need a roof over my head, I need to feel safe, I need food. You know, there's the survivals. Um, the one after that you have people that it's called purple. And again, there's no meaning behind them except that it was helpful to clarify. The purple layer was about, you know, more superstition. You know, okay, well, well, this, if I do this, will that happen? Think the rich burning trials, you know, that kind of uh, mentality. After that, you had the red layer, and that was, this is mine, and it's where we get into a lot of war, um, warfare over that. Um, then you had the blue layer, and that is a theocracy kind of thing, mentality. That There's both positive and negative in that. Every one of these has a good and bad version of themselves. You know, after that, you get into uh, basically a, a an orange layer. And that orange layer is all about profit and, you know, how can I make the most money? Um, and, you know, again, a lot of people like to demonize these. They're not evil unto themselves. You know, after that, you have a green layer. And the green layer is all about, you know, caring for the whole of humanity. A lot of people with the green mentality want to demonize orange mentality. But when you get up to the yellow layer, that's when you start realizing, I, if I have a hammer, I can kill you with it or I can build something with it. The hammer is not evil. Economics being the hammer isn't evil. What I do with it is what matters. Um, and if you are in that yellow layer, you have the mentality and the ethics of that green layer, but you have the tools of the orange layer. In fact, you have the tools of everything underneath it. And when you don't see all these individual motivations is when we get into the extremes. We get into people hating somebody, loathing somebody because they're a different religion. Um, you get into where you're scared of allowing people to, um, to participate on the world stage financially. You know, those are those kinds of things. So, when you start looking at things from spiral dynamics, you start realizing it's more like a barcode. So if you've ever gone in and scanned an item out, and if you look at that barcode, it looks like you have of certain amounts of, you know, little black lines. Well, if you could imagine those lines being different color codes, that's more like what an individual society is. We, we all have certain amounts in our society 
of blue, of green, even of purple. You know, I mean, we have all of that. Um, in the United States, Flint, with its water crisis, not having clean water, they're in a beige. So you can have modern first world countries dealing with beige issues. So, you know, this is something that exists. Now, what's been fascinating is that Ross Perot um, got together with Don Edward Beck back in the 80s and said, let's computerize some of this. And when they went through it, they were able to, you know, start putting data in. But what I call it is like an old-fashioned Polaroid snapshot because they might have uh, economic data from 1985, environmental data from 1981. And so it wasn't like a real hard-hitting thing. It was just that moment in time. And they found that all of this information came together and ended up computerized, not being forced. It almost looked like a spiral of DNA. But it was really the first photograph of shared human consciousness that had been taken in the world, if you really think about that. And they did that for the city of Dallas. And so now what we're doing within the Mimbazine Institute is we're saying, well, why don't we take the kind of technology that you have for the stock market of ongoing data but we take the ongoing data that's now available within demographic systems, within environmental systems, et cetera, et cetera. And suddenly you have an ongoing up to date to the second accurate is being designed by Thomas Johns. He's an engineer and it's showing to the minute what an individual society is going through. And they use this kind of thing in order up in Norway with the Nobel Peace Prize Committee. They were actually looking at it and went, oh my goodness, we're going to end up um, having a shooting. And they were able to predict the shooting that happened in Norway. Uh, places like Singapore, Egypt, they use this to predict terrorism, bioterrorism. But Don Beck is saying, we're much more as human beings than terrorism. We're creative. We build systems. We do things. So, you know, we can now do this and predict it in all sorts of ways in all, all aspects of humanity, whether that is our economics, our environment. So what this means for the everyday person, what it would mean for you is that if you just begin to understand spiral dynamics, you can go into a community, into a boardroom, into a society and say, where are they at? And really help your mind go, oh, I'm trying to sell them a solution at this level when they need something at that level. So a good example is like when I was in Rwanda, I tell people about there's a woman, she was carrying buckets up a mountain at 6 a.m. And we came back at 6 p.m. And I said, oh, my goodness, has she been doing that all day, going back and forth? He said, no, no, no. That was one trip. She spent from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. to get clean water. But we had people with us who wanted to invest and help women become entrepreneurs. Well, if they weren't taking care of that beige level of having access to clean water in less than a 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., there's no way that woman could begin a business, even if they gave her a million dollars. What they need to do is help her get clean water, and then she could have a business. So that's a very easy way to break it down. You have to know where people are at and make sure that what you're offering is right next to them or that one step beyond where they are so that they can get to where they need to go to receive what you can give them. But don't try and get something that's out of sync with them. Yeah. I, I hope, I know that was a lot, but I hope that kind of summarizes it. <laughs> yeah, it, it totally makes sense to me. I hope for the listeners as well. So what I would like to take out of this piece is like the practical things for, you know, the solopreneur or small business that mm -hmm. who, are, who are listening right now. Like how can they take that piece into their sales activity? Mm -hmm. And what I've heard is that because when we are really, on, um, you know, in our gifts and we, 
we are so excited about what we do and we see the value and we see the power of what we're bringing to the world, the client we might be talking to is just seeing his or her need. Exactly. Right? So when we come with like maybe a too big of a vision, mm -hmm. they might not get what they get out of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then they might not even buy. So what I've heard from, from what you just explained is, it's really crucial to understand all these different layers mm -hmm. um, and to understand how to communicate with your potential client mm -hmm. so that their needs are really truly met. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And if your product provides any, any bonuses, any extra <laughs> benefits, that is even more of what they need to not just make it about the huge package, but like getting it down to the basic need that needs to be fulfilled mm -hmm. to then be able to say, all right, now we got, for example, the woman with the water. Now she has all of a sudden 12 more hours in her day, mm -hmm. right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Now she can move to her next level. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So it's the same with the business. Once we figure out what the client exactly needs by knowing who our client is, mm -hmm. by knowing how to express our services in a way that they understand, then we're able to, to make more impact um, because there's a deeper connection and understanding. Absolutely. And, you know, today we have, you know, we're all inundated by mass media. We have people that are, you know, going, oh my goodness, look at that political issue. There's an issue of interfaith relations, an issue of interracial relations, an issue of, you know, how um, this demographic growing is hurting that demographic that was already there, how, you know, uh, the introduction of this product could hurt the existing, you know, economy and that product. Um, and it can just be overwhelming because we see it all the time. So the helpfulness and something with Spiral Dynamics is that you're able to go in and say, okay, you know, this particular area of society is operating from an orange mentality of how do we make the most money. That area of society is operating from beige and that they need to survive. This area over here, red, is feeling very territorial. And this area, you know, over here, you know, in, in blue, is you know, the, their theology is a huge part of what motivates their whole society. And if you can analyze all those different things, which most of us do unconsciously, because we just read the news and we start compartmentalizing. But when you have something like Spiral Dynamics, it allows you to compartmentalize a little more objectively and a little more in an organized way. And you can go, okay, I want to do business in Dubai because what I'm offering is something that would be perfect for them. I'm gonna make something up. Like, you know, a lot of them wear, you know, women wear burkas, so it can be hot over there. So one of the things that might be um, ideal if there was a woman who was selling fabric that was very cool or, you know, it ended up helping to keep them cool underneath the burqa. Okay, how do I get over there? Well, I need to understand that their theology is a huge part of their motivation. You know, I need to understand, so blue is a huge part of it. I need to understand that they are a major buying society. So orange is very much in there. I need to understand that for them, survival means staying cool. So there's a beige factor in there. And I could go on down the list. And when I start understanding all these different factors, suddenly I can go, this is how I need to advertise. This is how what I offer matches with each of those things. And my message needs to be this. Whereas if I was taking it to Dallas, Texas, another place where people aren't covering, but they're still get very, very hot. <laughs> um, you know, then I would say, okay, well, the theology component doesn't need to be in there, you know, but I would need to, you know, meet still on these other components. So, you know, this is the way we need to think. And if we're 
able to convey this to our staff, to our production team, and in our own minds, then suddenly we're sharing a vocabulary that can help us analyze and go, this is the most strategic way to be able to move into this particular area. Yeah. Yeah. So when we break that down to like, let's say a single uh, sales conversation, mm -hmm. um, like if you and I would have a sales conversation right now, mm -hmm. how would you go about to, to analyze my needs? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, what I would first do is I like to always tell people, start with empathy. I would be asking you questions. I always try and tell people, get out of yourself. You know, most people want to launch into, I'm going to sell this. So I'm going to offer this <laughs> and say, don't do that sit down and shove yourself to the side actually shove mm. your agenda to the side and say where are you coming from what is motivates you what is most passionate um, for you what are your struggles and and really start understanding the emotion um, i think a lot of people neglect that try and understand the emotion of who you're talking to and when you start seeing where are they most aligned because also a lot of people will intellectually say i'm with a but when you start talking to them you see that their emotion reveals they're more focused on b so really get into that conversation when you get into that conversation then you have the data that you can start compartmentalizing in your mind as i was suggesting with biodynamics and you go okay so out of all the repertoire of what i have to offer the thing that's going to get you further along is this and you need to also be uh, humble enough to go okay i'd love to sell you a b c d e f g but what you really need is x and that's the one thing that can help get you further and if you stay focused on what the other person needs to move further then you're making a service because people forget service is serving the other <laughs> yes <laughs> good point <laughs> what is going to serve the other <laughs> and if yeah. you do that then you're most likely going to make a connection <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I so agree. Yeah. I'm, and asking questions is so, so important because that's the only way you will understand the motivation um, of the other person. You will understand where they're coming from and where they really struggle. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, um, you know, when, when I talk about sales and selling from the heart and being authentic, um, that's kind of the door decoration, right? So when mm. people come in, there's so much more. There's a confidence piece. There's a self-worth piece, the money mindset piece. There's mm -hmm. so much more coming together. But if you market that all at once, then you just have this big oceans of <laughs> solutions and nobody mm -hmm. would feel talked to. But when you say, well, that's the sales piece. So if you feel, uh, if you love what you do, but um, you feel or don't feel great when selling or you even hate sales or you choke when you make an offer, um, mm -hmm. then it's like, Oh, now I can identify. And then you can I, start a really good example of this. You know, one of the projects, um, because as I mentioned before, as a humanitarian, I don't just do philanthropy. I look at conscious capitalism, social responsibility, and activism. And one of my um, SRI is right now is Dakia and it's a hotel chain that's about to launch and they wanted to have a spa and they wanted the spa to offer a lot of uh, you know things that no one else could find and i have an amazing friend of mine named crin chow stone she's a remarkable woman living in dallas and she has taken this ancient cupping modality and that's where people you know take cups and traditionally they put a little fire in there and they put on the back and they pull out the toxins and it's amazing as a, someone who has seizures it actually that actually helped reduce my pain seizures by a mile. So what I um, 
was wanting to do is help bring her to, you know, to their attention. Well, she invented a machine that does this without fire, without anything. And meanwhile, she also offers all these spa products and everything. And if I had gone in with what she was saying, you know, sell the shampoo, sell this lotion, sell this, sell that, you know, nothing would have happened. But when I listened to what this chain was saying, they want more than anything, things that no one has seen before. I'm like, she's invented this machine. And you hone in on what it is they're looking for. Now it looks like they want her machine in every one of their spas and every, all over the world. You know, and that, you know, that is what it took though, because you want to, you know, you want to go in a lot of times emotionally, I have this, I have this, I have that. No, listen to what they have. And now that they want that machine everywhere, then there's an opportunity to introduce other things. So, you know, think of it like a wedge. You can go in with, you know, with that one thing that the you know, other person wants, but it opens a door. But if you go in with everything else and you're not really hearing what the other needs, then, you know, that door is shut before anything else happens. Yeah, such a valuable, valuable advice. Thank you so much. So finishing off this amazing episode and i'd love to continue i just love this conversation <laughs> with you it's so amazing so would there be like a mantra or a quote that inspires you that motivates you that you would love to share yeah well i only sign off by saying stay inspired <laughs> and you know that uh, i sign all of my emails and everything that way people kind of tease me about it but i'd like to bring that back to what it originally meant you know to inspire used to mean in ancient times to basically inhale something greater than oneself spirit god whatever you talk about and so it really means to be jacked into source and a lot of us we separate what we do in our day-to-day -day life from that greater source. And people often ask me, how did this opportunity fall into your lap? Why this synchronicity, why that? Uh, but when you remain open to that source, you know, it is remarkable the kinds of synchronicities that occur, the opportunities that occur. And a lot of times things that you thought you could never do, suddenly you go, oh, I can do that. And you don't know why or where that comes from. But when you trust it and it allows you to move forward, you know, amazing things happen. So I want to tell anyone, um, especially women, but anyone that might be listening to this, if you have something that you've been wanting to try and you think it's just out of your reach, you know, go for it. You know, there is no one that can offer what you offer the way you offer it to the world. And you're not giving anybody a service by holding back, you know, become your fullest capacity for who you are. So truly stay inspired. Mm. Beautiful. Thank you so, so much. I just want to make sure that people can find you. Um, I will have all the links in the show notes at christineschlansky.com. But um, tell us uh, real quick what people need to do to get connected to you. Please find us um, on Facebook is the best way to find us, the Mimnazine Institute. You can also find me, Marian Thompson Frank, on both my public and um, you know, and my uh, private uh, Facebook, if my private is still open. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, if you're interested in Spiral Dynamics and learning more, we're going to be building in the, you know, in the, in the new Dallas Smart Corridor. We're going to be having a building, the Center for Outreach, and the Vital Science Monitor that I discussed with Dom Beck and everything. We're having a holographic and virtual reality interface. It's going to be in there, and we're going to be designing it so that other people, whether it's businesses, societies, communities, could have whole Vital Science Monitors run on them and what they're doing or you could just come and learn more about it so we're looking to empower as many people in the world with understanding these modalities as possible mm, 
beautiful. Thank you so, so much for all the wisdom you shared today, Marianne. Thank and, you. Uh, thank you for having been on Hard Sales. Thank you. Well, what a big lesson around sales, around offering, around really meeting people's needs wherever they are. So if somebody does not have an open mind because they are so, so busy fulfilling their basic needs, you cannot come with philosophical ideas. There's just no space for that. So make sure that you really tune in to what is it that your ideal client actually needs. Where do you have to meet them so you can make your offer and you can make a sale with ease, grace and confidence. And I think Marianne presented it in such a beautiful way that you will be able to take these thoughts and think about them yourself to have actionable steps in your own business. Thank you so much for being here, for tuning in, for making this podcast Heart Sells such a success and, and really starting to be a movement of heart sellers who want to deliver value, who want to serve, and at the same time, create a business and life they just love. So I'm so excited that you are here. Please subscribe if you have not already, leave a rating and review, and tune in to the next amazing episode. Have a wonderful day wherever you are in this amazing world and I'm saying bye for now.